Hi, and welcome to It's Complicated, a podcast about healthcare ethics and practice presented by the Nova Scotia Health Ethics Network, or NSHEN. I'm Marika Warren, network ethicist for NSHEN, and I'll be your host for this discussion. This podcast is currently a time-limited trial to see if we can make our resources more accessible in audio format. And the podcast format also makes it easier to bring you conversations with colleagues elsewhere in Canada and beyond. And that's what we're capitalizing on for this conversation. So I'm joined today by Dr. Alan Alvarez, who's a clinical ethicist with Fraser Health in British Columbia, to have a conversation about moral wellness. During the pandemic, we've had a lot of conversation about moral distress, moral injury, and moral outrage. So I think it's interesting to flip the script a bit and think about how we can enhance moral wellness and build moral resilience, particularly in healthcare settings. So maybe to start us off, Alan, you can give us a quick sense of how you define moral wellness. Hi, Marika, and uh, hello to our listeners. Moral wellness uh, for me are experiences where we are able to align our actions, and the events and situations that we have control over uh, to make these um, actions, events, situations more consistent with what should matter most for us and the communities that we are part of. So it's sort of living, living our lives or, you know, being our best professional selves sort of in accordance with those sort of key values. So can you think of some sort of concrete examples maybe that you have seen in practice of sort of what that looks like for folks? Sure. Um, I, I noticed that especially for healthcare professionals, um, keeping their um, commitments and values intact despite the enormous challenges and um, continuing to uh, dispense their duties those are the things that are really important for them to to see and to uh, to be resilient in those to keep them going so that i think and i will say a little bit more about this in a little while that i believe is the experience of of moral wellness i i can share a few more examples as i uh, unpack the ideas Uh, but i just want to emphasize one thing about this understanding of moral wellness is instead of state, wellness is usually defined as a state, right? State of being, um, state of being well. Um, I'm inclined to understand it as as experiences, or consists of experiences. So in terms of sort of that, that distinction between sort of a state of being and a set of experiences, so how does it how does it help us think differently, perhaps, about maybe some of the strategies that we put in place to support moral wellness? So I think there's been a lot of emphasis on sort of you know, workplace wellness strategies, particularly with all the challenges in terms of COVID. So I'm wondering if there's then a difference in the sort of strategies we might take on when we're thinking about something sort of experientially versus uh, sort of a you know, state of a being or a sort of set of conditions that we're looking to meet. For sure, and I think. Uh... It's, it's okay if it's understood as a state as well. Um, uh, and I think in, individuals will um, have their own understanding of what moral wellness is. But, I, but in, in, in thinking of, of moral wellness, especially in relation to moral distress uh, and, and moral injury, if we see moral wellness as experiences, I think the advantage is we will be more open to embrace everything 
that the experience actually brings in, including and most especially the the pains that we experience. I know pain is, of course, something that we try to avoid, uh, and especially if like our cortisol level is really high and we're stressed a lot. Of course, we want to avoid the experience of those um, events or situations or what have you. But notice that it's not really the the experience of pain or suffering that we want to remove. Notice that it, it it's the situations, it's what, what we are facing that's causing it that we want to remove. So what I'm basically saying is when we look at it as experience, it, it's, it's, it's richer, it's, it's more complex, it uh, does justice to the many layers uh, of phenomena that, that are part of moral wellness, both pain and pleasure, both joy and, and, and sadness, both uh, satisfaction and, and anger, because they signal, those emotions signal what matters to us and, and what should matter to us. That's really, really interesting, because I think often when you think about wellness, we think about it in the absence of those sort of aversive experiences. And so I think it's really interesting to think about you know, the fact that you might be having, like you say, pain or experiencing suffering, but that that's not incompatible with being morally well. And you know, I'm wondering if even perhaps the fact that you're still experiencing that particular sort of you know, pain or discomfort or concern related to morals is actually a sign of moral wellness as opposed to, you know, being sort of numb to those sorts of experiences or no longer sensitive to them. Precisely. And this is actually one thing that I, um, I, I sometimes struggle with, say, enjoy, but it's actually enjoy uh, in, on a meta level. Um, because when I I listen to those we uh, those I support, uh, especially in uh, moral distress debriefing. There's lots of emotions there, and of course, I mean, we think th- sometimes in terms of, uh, of course, we want to avoid pain and we don't want to cry too much. Uh, but it's actually okay to cry, and when we cry, it it, it signals something that was hurt uh, inside us. And as a listener, this is one thing that's fascinating. That's why I kind of uh, enclose enjoy um, uh, under uh, quotes because I'm actually witnessing someone who is committed to something really important. Let's say uh, caring for patients and preventing them to suffer and bringing them healing. Someone who really cares about their job and their patients experiencing pain because something that's important to them is challenge. And to experience that pain is actually a great thing. I mean, it's, it's a signal that they are functioning well, that they are bringing all their experiences and skills and knowledge um, to, to their uh, a professional experience of caring for someone. And because that situation, especially the, these past uh, years uh, with COVID, the enormous challenges that they face, that they, they are really hurting to see the important things not happening. And, and, and because they feel that, it actually signals that they're functioning well. Um, so it's, it, uh, sometimes it's, it, it's really 
not that easy to describe that because uh, sometimes even recalling the experience and feeling the experience is, of course, it's traumatic and vicarious trauma is, is a real thing. Uh, as a listener, I kind of experienced that. At the same time in, in experiencing that, I also feel that I'm also functioning well. Uh, I can feel what they're feeling. I'm, I'm able to experience empathy uh, and I'm able to experience compassion. So despite the, the pain that's there, there's also that I would refer to it as a meta, uh, meta happiness or meta joy, realizing that I'm functioning well and my conversation partner, the one I'm supporting is also functioning well in a moral sense. So in thinking about the way we've experienced the COVID pandemic, I think a lot of the time the focus has been on the ways in which it's had negative effects for us uh, in terms of our you know, moral well-being. So again, a lot of, as you've done, a lot of discussion around moral distress, uh, the moral injury piece when it's been sustained distress, and even talk about some of the moral outrage that's been experienced sort of for various reasons throughout the healthcare system. But I'm wondering, given your sort of understanding of moral wellness, if you've seen some examples of perhaps uh, the experience during COVID enhancing moral wellness in certain ways, whether that be by making clear what does matter most to us, or in terms of sort of demonstrating uh, to us that we are able to retain our integrity despite the uh, various challenges that we're facing. That's actually a wonderful question, and that also at the same time I can I can, I can feel the uh, uh, as I mentioned a while ago the the pain of remembering it um, because of COVID we have seen a lot. Of, I mean our especially the the folks that we support healthcare professionals have seen a lot of deaths, and I mean you can't go anywhere. You see that in work, you see that in your in their communities, we see that on the news, we see that everywhere. And I think because of sustained uh, uh, stressors around us, I'm not, um, I mean, I, I'm not an expert when it comes to this, but I do know and from experience too that, of course, there's a, there's a huge risk that we will give up. Like we just fold up and, and, and give up. And so, in, but instead of this, I actually witness uh, and this is also at the same time, while people are are morally injured, morally distressed, sustained moral distress, lots of it, that individuals and the the community, the health professional community, actually in a collective way and individually as well, did not give up. I witness the sensitivity still there. And not only that, not just not giving up and, and still feeling the, the pain. I see, I witness, I saw people move to action, doing something about it, like organizing um, steering committees uh, to address the operational challenges of COVID. I've seen that in, in critical care, for example. It's painful. I mean, they, the conversations there, it's painful hearing uh, um, uh, healthcare professionals, uh, frontliners, saying things uh, out of emotion um, because of their experiences. But while doing that, they're actually acting together 
actually collaborating with all the struggles involved and the emotions involved in that uh, struggle, collaborating to address the the challenges, to respond to the to the need, uh, still motivated by bringing the best care to patients. Of course, the outcome still very challenging, but because of that third thing that I observe, I can see that uh, I would honestly say that there you go. That that's moral wellness. People not giving up and doing something about it to move things forward. Yeah, I think I've seen that a lot of places uh, here as well, and I've just been so impressed at the ability of people in the face of incredibly challenging situations that have been, you know either brought on by COVID or made much worse by COVID, that they sort of keep on trying, keep on doing the best they can, given that situation. Uh, And like you say, certainly I too haven't seen evidence of that sort of uh, resignation or or numbness or insensitivity or no longer caring that, again, it's still that very deep caring and, again, very, very clear uh, emphasis on what is important in terms of what makes a difference to the patients and families and clients that uh, folks work with. So I think it's it's interesting to sort of redo through that reframing as moral wellness, um, as opposed to focusing on the sort of aversive experiences and you know just wanting that to go away and thinking about and uh, the way in which we often say in doing ethics consults that you know the right thing isn't always the thing that feels good or feels easy, that sometimes doing the right thing feels very hard or presents us with challenges. And that doesn't necessarily take away from the fact that it's the right thing. And it strikes me that there's sort of a similar strain here in terms of how we think about moral wellness, that it's about you know more than just the absence of pain, but ability to sort of function effectively in your role. And so I'm wondering in thinking about moral wellness for healthcare providers specifically, um, do you see a sort of continuum between moral wellness as a healthcare provider and sort of as a person in life as a whole? Or is there sort of a a distinction between moral wellness for yourself as a healthcare professional versus uh, for yourself as a person sort of in the world or a member of a community or things like that? I love this question because it actually, um, a a recent um, reflection on my part, realizing that although we hear a lot of um, in conversations the need to put boundaries, like intentionally put boundaries between work and personal life. What I see in terms of moral wellness is uh, continuity, in fact. Uh, continuity in the sense that there's a lot of, uh, of sharing of, uh, of uh, personal spaces in, in work. Uh, someone who is already uh, like worn out and injured and distressed still being there for their colleagues to listen. And in fact, that, that, uh, that state of, 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 of distress is actually something that uh, brings them closer together. Meaning, if you cannot share your experiences in a way that's meaningful to someone, your conversation partner, because they don't understand what the, the details of the situations, uh, the situation is, and uh, they cannot relate. You have someone who is experiencing the same in your workplace who you can share with. And when they are able to do that, they are now able to come home. Um, uh, not always. Uh, they still bring a lot of residue there. 
um, and they're able to achieve some degree of uh, putting that boundary. But the, the reason I'm saying there's continuity is because they're the same person. They are the same uh, being experiencing those, um, yeah, those uh, the suffering and the, the thoughts, the memories, and it it's working both ways. When they are refreshed at home, they they're able to hug their family and they 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 refreshed. They come back to work able to 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 bring that freshness back uh, for another day of of, um, of battle with those uh, really challenging experiences. So I understand the con continuity in that sense, but I do understand the need to to put uh, like to separate the thinking about work and having to to worry about work, which everyone wants that to happen and, and bring that uh, to their personal spaces. You can only do what you can. I guess uh, that's that's part of being uh, being a human being, and it has its its benefits. I guess that that uh, that blending and that uh, continuity. So yeah, nice a nice both and uh, answer there, and just you know, recognizing, like you say, that we are the same person, but also that context piece around understanding sort of the full uh, range of the experience of the pain that is that sign of more wellness that you need to understand the environment in some ways in a fairly um, sophisticated ways. So thinking about sort of the workplace and the environment, I'm wondering if you have thoughts around things that organizations can do in order to support more wellness and help uh, healthcare providers to understand themselves as being morally well, even as they may you know, be experiencing concerns about uh, ethical issues in their work. I think one, one of the important things that are already happening that organizations have prioritized. I don't know if, uh, of course, I believe that there's some deliberate effort in doing this, is uh, bringing, bringing these resources of debriefing and, and uh, what we sometimes call talk therapy. Although as ethicists, we, we do say, we put a disclaimer and whenever we meet with, with um, our uh, conversation partners that I'm not a therapist. I'm not trained to this. The goal of this conversation is not therapeutic. But what I'm saying is when organizations um, give the opportunity for healthcare providers to have ethics conversations uh, with respect to and in reflection of their experiences of moral distress, it actually allows the, the the type of reflection where I would use the term, the experience of pain and suffering, ex those experiences are recycled so that these individuals who reflect on them have a, a better sense of those experiences. Not as totally bad, of course they're bad, uh, but they are not totally bad in the sense that they are actually indicators of their moral wellness. And when they realize that I'm in pain, that I, I feel challenged, that I'm experiencing all of these things because my moral functionings are intact, they experience, uh, again, I will refer to this like meta joy or meta happiness. Although they're sad, because their sadness is functional, they realize that wait a minute, this actually makes sense. And I can actually see them responding that way. 
And so back to organizations, actually in putting these resources in place, bringing ethicists and sometimes volunteers, ethics champions, to, to partner with healthcare providers to debrief and reflectively debrief on their experiences. This is actually helping um, bring about moral wellness and promote moral wellness. And it's also contagious when they learn that conversations like this can be, can be useful, can be helpful. They, can, they also are willing to do it for their colleagues. Uh, even though they're not like trained ethicists, they, they understand what being a human uh, listener is with respect to to challenge values. So I think organizations can bring more of this. Uh, it sounds like a, a, a not really a, a very cost-effective investment, but it does have, and I think the 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 evidence will 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 show up. It it does have that impact. So really an opportunity for the sort of conversation and sharing and debriefing, but also an opportunity for reframing some of those uh, experiences. And I imagine it's you know, a matter of walking the line between you know, knowing when it's uh, that that pain or suffering that you're experiencing is, is a sign of sort of moral functioning and when it becomes overwhelming, when it becomes too much, when other strategies need to be used to address uh, some of it so that you're able to continue functioning. So sort of being sensitive to what that that pain is telling you and how to to work with it as a sign of something important. So sort of in in that vein as we bring our discussion to a close and tying in the theme of the podcast what from your perspective makes supporting more wellness complicated? Yeah, it's complicated because we tend to think of avoiding pain and sometimes when we avoid pain too much we um uh, overlook the value of reflecting on pain, why why we're experiencing pain. And also because, I mean, we need to treat it, right? I mean, it's, it's so injurious sometimes, especially if it's, it's experienced a lot in a sustained way. We do need to take care of our mind and our bodies um, on top of taking care of our moral, moral wellness. Uh, and they go hand in hand. They they come together. Sometimes, even though we can, of course, experience the meta joy or meta happiness that I'm referring to, realizing that we're functioning. If we're too injured, it it can still affect our ability to to experience that meta joy that I'm referring to. I mean, yeah, we we are embodied. We are embodied souls. We are embodied beings. And so, um, while taking care, if, um, in our commitment to take care of our moral wellness, it's also important to take care of our our whole being, uh, our bodies and our mind. So, if if we need, if we need uh, not just self care, if we need uh, specialized care in in those respects, these things should also be available. Uh, these should be provided by our organization, and we should also make sure that. We provide this to to ourselves, and it's it's it creates some sort of a, a virtuous cycle. I think if we promote promote our moral wellness and experience that realization, we also tend to be more mindful of, of self care. That's what at, at least I, I witness. It it goes hand in hand. Um, um, 
so yeah that's i hope that answers the question why is this complicated it's complicated in that way yeah it sounds like it. it's complicated because we're human and humans are complicated uh, beings with you know, a whole host of uh, contradictions and tensions in uh, in all of us that we nonetheless try and sort of muddle through as we go through our lives. So I'd like to thank you for this conversation, Alan. It's been fascinating and I've really enjoyed it. And it's given me a lot to think about and reflect on in terms of sort of both you know, my own practice uh, as an ethicist and the ways in which we do ethics support with uh, organizations and how we do some of that reframing around some of the uh, experiences that folks have had during the pandemic. So thank you so much for this. And I appreciate uh, your time and wisdom that you've brought to this. I should also thank our uh, production team. So we have support from Lisbeth Withoff-Nielsen, Kristen Leshkoskeri, and the team at uh, Dalhousie MedIT Audio and Video Production. We owe thanks to Ben Caps for our theme music, and we owe thanks and gratitude to you for listening. Please feel free to contact Enshen through our website with any feedback you may have, including ideas for future episodes. Until next time. Mm-hmm.